Psychology studies the behaviours and minds of people. So what happens when the minds of the psychologists play into the study? Today, James Hill is challenging the negative view of bias in science, exploring when it can be used for good. To begin, I'd like to ask you to picture two people. Um, both people know a lot about the needs of queer young people, problems that need to be solved, and questions that need to be answered. They're both passionate about helping others, so, so far so that they're both in an excellent position to work with queer young people. Now, let's say one of these people is a queer young person. Their knowledge comes from personal experience, from community knowledges. They know the strengths of the community, have sometimes lived the problems, and have some pretty clear ideas about what needs to be done to solve them. The other is a psychology researcher. They've been at university for years, they know the theories, they know the statistics. They work at a research institute and have all the tools and knowledge to use science to assist queer young people. Here's a question. Who's the better person to help the community? The lived experience of a fellow community member or a trained researcher? One of the thoughts you might have had is that the community member might be biased or that the researcher might be a bit out of touch after spending so long at university. All valid ideas, but let me throw a spanner in the works here. What if you're me? What if you're both? I'm a queer young person and a researcher. I have my lived experience and university training, and I use both perspectives to inform my research. That means that I have an insider perspective. Having an insider perspective isn't some secret agent spy business. It means that I'm part of the community whose experiences I study. I'm a queer young man. I research the experiences of queer young people. Those who study queer issues but who aren't queer themselves would be considered outsider researchers. As someone with an inside perspective, I've often lived the things that I study. This means that I can use my experience to make my research more relevant to the questions that haven't been answered I know what terminology is respectful. I know the ins and outs of my community. And when there's an issue I'm not familiar with, chances are I know who I can talk to. Being an insider means that I come in with pre-existing knowledge of the topic that I'm searching. I'm just one person and experiences vary between people. So the other way I can get insider perspectives into my research is by formally consulting with community members. Not everyone should have to be a researcher to be seen by science. By recruiting members of my community to give feedback on my work, I have a diverse array of perspectives that can see different sides of the research. Anyone's perspective should not be privileged just because they completed studies and pursued research. However, inside perspectives aren't always welcome. A big reason why insider perspectives can be difficult in science is due to the idea of bias. Recently, someone reviewed my research. Among their suggestions is one that I got really stuck on. They said, what steps would be taken to minimize the potential influence of the researcher's personal experience? Little did they realize that my whole project is guided, yes, by theory and literature, but chosen specifically because of personal experience. This response made me angry. 
They asked me to minimise the influence I had on my own work. They framed my lived experience as some sort of taint I needed to get rid of, an influence that would sour the quality of my research. They didn't see the strengths I saw, all they saw was bias. Now bias is science 101, bias is something that influences the conduct of the science to the detriment of its quality and validity. It can take many forms, but I'll focus on the bias that a human researcher can bring to psychological science. For example, having a queer person on a project about queer people can be seen as unacceptable bias. The queer researcher may sway the results. They may have their sympathies with the population of study may lead them to be blinded to other interpretations of the data. The solution to bias is to make every attempt to get rid of it. It's treated as a taint on research that must be removed. But that's a problem in and of itself. We can never completely remove bias. We just have to try to mitigate it as much as possible, knowing we can never truly get rid of it. So back to minimizing my influence on my own research. Solution some might have suggested is to include outsiders in my research, people who aren't queer people, because they're not biased, right? The default assumption is that these people are not biased, but that's not quite true. They might be biased towards perspectives that are familiar to them as non-queer people. By being outsiders, they may not understand the significance of some data or know about some of the strengths of the queer community. In wider research, this has become a big problem because most research has been conducted by researchers who are white, educated, industrialised, rich, democratic. And that spells out weird. <laughs> so most of this research has been conducted by weird researchers. When weird research has been applied to people who aren't white, educated, industrialised, rich and democratic, it often doesn't work. The findings are not reproducible, or because the researchers were weird, because they were outsiders, whole issues were ignored and communities were left with unanswered questions. Being an outsider, not being a member of the group that they studied, it affected their results. So outsiders can be biased too. But that's outrageous, that would mean that no matter who you are, you're biased. The research will never be free of the taint of bias. At the end of the day, we, or at least I, am humans doing research with humans. And that means it's going to be impossible to entirely take the human out of the equation, especially when you're doing psychological science, because we're doing research as humans with other humans. And this is why I'm not always keen on the concept of bias. Strategies to minimise. What are we minimising? We're minimising the human element of our research. Minimising bias reduces rich, diverse, informative human experiences down to a taint that we need to avoid as much as we can. And that means that far from the goal of producing quality knowledge, we're reducing the quality of the knowledge by eliminating the ideas that diverse perspectives can bring. By not including the queer researcher on the team, we completely miss this aspect of the queer experience. By excluding Aboriginal perspectives from bushfire management, we didn't realise there already existed excellent ways to manage bushfire risk. By not asking kids what they wanted, we had no idea how to make this educational program fun and engaging. 
So by deliberately engaging with insider perspectives, I argue that we can improve the quality of the knowledge that we create. Adding insider perspectives makes for more respectful, ethical research by including the voices of those that the research affects. It shifts the power balance, makes us researchers a little more humble. The community member that we sit down with, discuss the research with, can know just as much as we do about our topics. And it's important that we remember that. Of course, we need to tell people how we got our results. Rather than this being a case of declaring what we did with bias, this is a case of declaring our positions, our positionality. We state who we are and how this may interact with the results. And then we let you guys decide. To give an example, in research with queer youth, I would declare that I'm a young adult who's also queer. My age and social identity give me an insider perspective, and it's important for me to tell my readers about it. But I'm also a researcher, which is an outsider position. I come from theory and jargon and the literature which shapes how I interpret the results or how participants may react to me. By declaring my position in relation to my research, I can explain to others how I came to my conclusions. The more diverse the positionings, the more variety there is of insider and outsider perspectives, the greater our capacity to capture the human experience. Insider perspectives belong in research. They're a strength, not a limitation. More and more we're seeing insider perspectives becoming a valuable part of knowledge generation. Community consultations, reference groups, researchers with lived experience. This shifts the power such that those who are affected by the problem are now empowered to make a change. I hope that more people choose to integrate insider perspectives into their work. I also hope that those who are insiders know that you're not a bias to be minimized or removed. You're a strength and an important part of quality knowledge generation. I'd like to finish with a short phrase. Wikipedia tells me it began as part of a movement in Poland that transferred power from the monarchy to the government, but became known in English through disability activism. It's the short version of what I've been talking about. Nothing about us without us. Thank you. That was James Hill, PhD student at the University of Western Australia and the Telethon Kids Institute. James was speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at the WA Museum Bulabadip on the lands of the Wajuk Noongar people. If you'd like to come along to a live Occam's Razor show, we have one coming up in Brisbane at the World Science Festival on the 24th of March. That's right, it's very soon. Head to our website for more details. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and I'll be back next week with more thought-provoking science. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.